You're listening to the best of the day. Halford and Bruff. Whoa. Wait a minute. Huh? Hold up. What? Oh, okay. Did we just lose the f***ing Canucks? You're listening to Halford and Bruff. And it is caught over there now, slipping, and the Chiefs will tackle him! This game is over! This game is over! You can doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're gonna have to deal with the Chiefs as the AFC champions! First off, I just want to thank God, man. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni! What a freaking boost. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintec Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. And also, who says jabroni? I liked it. It's an old school rock call out, bringing it back. Very well done by Travis Kelsey. Good morning, A-Dog. Good morning. And good morning, Laddie, to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari accurate dealer today. He's done more for orthotics than Top Gun did for pilots. It's Jason Bruff. <laughs> we are coming to you live from the Kintec studio, Kintec Footwear and Orthotics. Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Was there an uptick in pilots since Top Gun? Yes. You workshopped that in advance, didn't you? I've got... The moment that he, on air, mocked me (laughs) for being predictable. I didn't just Mm -hmm. take it as a criticism. I didn't mock (laughs) you for being predictable. I literally spoke over you while you said the words that I knew you were going to say. I took it as a challenge. That's the key thing. Kids, remember that at home, the... Dozens of you that are listening at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I was going to say on a Monday. <laughs> what, what part of the demographic is that? <laughs> All the children with sleeping problems that are now listening to this. All right, moving along. We got a big show. It is a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was. We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Miss that? You missed that? What happened? So I think because we've got an entire hour off the top here to recap everything that happened over the weekend, there was a lot. Let's start with the Canucks, and we'll take that to the first break, and then we can do an entire segment of NFL talk and whatever we don't get to in the second. That sound uh, good? Yeah, I have a feeling that our Canucks talk might might bleed into the might second bleed into the well. second one. We do need to address the fact that the Super Bowl is booked, but yep. we will move on from there. We're going to begin with the Canucks with the actual news on the ice from Friday. The Canucks oh, go into the All-Star break. Winners! They're winners, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what was it? A 5-2 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets on Friday. So that's win number two uh, for Rick Tockett since taking over from Bruce Boudreaux. Pedersen scored twice. Bo Horvat had four assists, a career high four assists. The Canucks took care of a, let's be clear, very bad Columbus Blue Jackets team 5-2 on Friday night at Rogers Arena. Yeah, Tockett is now 2-1 and as a head coach, uh, although kind of what you mentioned, both of his wins were of the dominant kind over really bad teams at Rogers Arena. So Tockett has gone um, very impressive, easy if you want to say it, win over the Chicago Blackhawks. 
Um, and then down to Seattle for <laughs> disastrous loss, really. That, proper butt kicking. That left uh, Tockett speechless afterwards. And then they bounced back and took on a Columbus team, just a just an awful Columbus team. Uh, and they took care of business. Um, Petey is up to 21 goals and 58 points in 47 games. 58 points in 47 games. Um, I don't know what exactly that puts him on track for, um, but if he gets 100 points and then goes into the offseason and says, I want to negotiate a long-term contract with the Canucks, they're going to be like, you're going to ask for a lot of money, aren't you? Yes. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be asking for a lot of money. Uh, Horvat is up to 54 points in 49 games, so over a point a game for this guy, 31 goals. Uh, a kind of a rare night for Horvat with four assists and no goals. Um, he's definitely not known as a puck distributor. He's more known as a goal scorer. But it was good to see him get four assists. I thought Miller played well too. I know there was one play that everyone was making fun of when he was diving for, I don't know, to break up a pass on, mm-hmm. on uh, you know, in defensive end. But I thought he played really well. He had two assists and he could have scored about four goals with the chances he had. Um, but again, the Blue Jackets are a really bad team. Um, surely these weren't their expectations uh, this season after they signed Johnny Gaudreau. I, I know they've got a team that still needs to grow. They've got some young centermen and Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger that hopefully for those guys, when when they grow into their roles in the NHL, um, the Blue Jackets will be a good team. But they just seem like a team that's – like you've got your Gaudreau and you've got your Patrick Line, but the rest of the team isn't really mature enough. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, we like, we talked to Aaron Portsline from the Athletic Columbus on Friday, right? Where you decided not to come to work, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll tell, tell I'm, you about I'm, my I'm, weekend. Um, let me tell you. But he, you're not kidding. He did decide not to come to work. I did decide not to come to work. Yeah. yeah. The first the first question I asked was like, how disappointing has this season been? And he said, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Like, yeah. Everyone is very very upset with how this year has gone, they've kind of sunk into, well, we're going to be bad, mm-hmm. so let's just accept that fate right now because their goaltending's bad. They've had 10 injuries. But anyway, this isn't a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, real quick, you said the, the, the point totals. Pedersen is on pace for 35 goals and 97 points, okay. so he could be a 100-point guy. Mm-hmm. Bo Horvat is on pace for 52 goals. Yeah. It's remarkable, really. I know he's on pace for 90 points, so we'll see if those trends continue. The Canucks don't play again until a week from today. Next Monday in New Jersey when they go on a four-game Eastern road trip after this extended break. Uh, but Petey and Horvat have to go to Florida for the All-Star game this weekend. Mm. Do you think those guys want to go? No. Like, there's no chance, right? No. Especially Horvat, who who might – can you imagine what's going on with Horvat? First of all, he's got a very young family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been very stressful um, it's been a tough year. being the captain of yeah. the Vancouver Canucks. Um, and, like – he might get traded like any day now. If there right? was ever a player that would just pull the shoot and take the punishment, which I think you have to sit out a game after the All Star break. I, yeah, no kidding. Like the connect, the connect should be sitting this guy anyway. Yeah. Speaking of the Blue Jackets, did you see Nyquist got hurt? I did. Like the, this is what can happen. Well, this yeah. is what can happen. Then all of a sudden, the, the the Blue Blue Jackets are down a potential trade chip, or at the very least, you know, teams are like, well. We're not giving you full price for whatever we were going to give for old Gustav. Yeah, that's part of the reason why they picked up Lane Peterson off mm-hmm. waivers. Anyway, there's, we, we've talked about three different things that we actually want to talk about at, in detail and at length here, including, I think we should probably just get to this now, you mentioned injuries. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev, that was obviously the big news from the weekend. The big news after the game. 
Patrick Alvina at his 10 p.m. press conference or whatever it was on, on Friday. Um, and he had some pretty big news, and that is Ilya Mikheyev being shut down with a torn ACL, expected to be ready for training camp. Now, when he said this, and this is how bad my memory was, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then everyone remembered. Didn't Frank Saravelli come on the Halford and Bruff show like four months ago and say the Canucks feared that it was a torn ACL That's for right, Jason. Mikheyev? And then they said it's – and then obviously everyone put – or the, the organization pushed back on Frank. It's, like, it's not a torn ACL. And then everyone yelled at Frank like, how dare you, Frank, scare us like that? Mm-hmm. Well, turns out Frank had it right. Uh, Mikheyev, in an unusual move, and it is unusual, folks. Yep. Canucks are an unusual team, though. He then took to Twitter to explain that he, in fact, was not upset with the Canucks. <laughs> and most of the time, um, you just assume that the player with the injury is not upset with the Canucks, and mm. it wasn't going to be a big deal that they were just all on the same page, and they looked at the injury, and they figured out a plan, and then the plan came to fruition, and... Good luck in your recovery, uh, but the Canucks have, you know, they, they've had an unusual season, and in the wake of the Tanner Pearson story, which was, isn't over yet, by the way, like we haven't heard where that is right now. We heard right. the PA got involved, and that's kind of the last we heard of it, but I've heard a few things from people in the know that said, hey, that story is not over yet, so yeah. uh, don't forget about it. Um, it perhaps, in the wake of all that, it perhaps wasn't surprising that the Canucks and Mikheyev and his representation took this PR route, which is where he goes out and says, listen, um, I wasn't pressured into doing this. Saw lots of doctors. We were getting uh, it monitored every once in a while. Like it, there, was no, there was no risk to playing on this torn ACL. And the reason I shut it down at the time that I did shut it down was right. I wanted to be ready for training camp next season. Yep. Um, for me, it's it's not a big deal. I, I did look at that and go, hmm, playing on a torn ACL, eh? That's interesting. And then I looked at a few things online and probably mistakenly tweeted out a few things, but there I found a bunch of doctors that said, hey, you can play on a torn ACL, but unless you're like in the Olympics or it's a big event, I wouldn't recommend it. You I did would your just, own research. I, I did my own research, yeah. yeah. I also found some other stuff about some other stuff. <laughs> let me, let tell. me tell you, I'm going to... God, bro, microchips and everything. The That's internet's crazy. a scary place. Oh, my God. I learned a lot about medicine this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like with a few Google searches, there's a lot out there. Like, I don't even, I don't, I'm not even going to a doctor anymore. No. Um, I, anyway, like, at the end of the day, for me, uh, as long as Mikheyev is ready to go for training camp, like, is ready, as, as long as he's as good as possible for training camp next season, I'm fine. Well, I'll put it out there right now. If it turned out they waited too long and they didn't shut him down in time and he's not ready or he's still like, you know, I'm still, I'm still like still kind of recovering from this. My speed isn't quite there. I'll kind of shake my head and go, why wasn't this just done as soon as possible? Just kind of get it over with. Um, McKayev has played well for the Canucks. But on, the one, on one leg, it's pretty yeah, impressive, but, to be honest. But I think the one thing I noticed was, because I remember McKayev, like, I I remember watching him and going, like, this guy, has he he's so fast. Like, this is unbelievable. And I actually remember saying, like, if he doesn't get the opportunity in Toronto, I wonder if he could somewhere else. And he ended up coming to Vancouver. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. 
And then I watched him play. And I'm kind of like, he's fast, but I thought he'd be faster. Right. Right? Like, it was one of those no, things know. where I was kind of disappointed. Um, and now we know why. The guy was playing on a torn ACL. Yeah. Well, he had the very emotional um, media availability himself on Friday night. Mikheyev did. And... Uh, you know, very, very emotional, fighting back tears through most of it. And when asked about specifically what was what the hindrance was, he said it wasn't pain management or pain tolerance. It was he called it power. And then someone asked, is it affect your skating? And he said, yes, absolutely. So what you're looking at is a guy that still managed to put up 13 goals and 28 points over the course of 46 games. Mm-hmm. And I think that 46 games thing is important to know because he only missed a handful of games at the beginning of the year while initially recovering. And I think, honestly, trying to get used to playing with a brace and understanding what life yeah. was going to be like playing with a torn ACL in the NHL. Now, I'll take a step further. Like, I, there, I mean, not surprisingly, there was a lot of noise on social media about the Canucks handling of this. Bottom line for me is, like, the guy wants to play with something of that nature. You got to let them play. Well, as long as the doctors sign off. On yeah, it. exactly. But the yeah. doctors did. They found a rid. Th- Look, I mean, I kind of disagree. I kind of disagree with you. Just like that whole like it's his choice. He can do whatever you want. It's not I think quite the, that. I think the club has to do what's in the best interests of the club. It's not quite that though. They got. I mean, there was medicine behind this. Like they went yes, to doctors. Yeah, of, course, right? of course, it's a lot different. Like as if people. Well, that's like, why I said as long as he's back for training camp next season, he's 100 percent ready to go. I've got no problem with it. I saw a lot of people say, "Well, should the Dolphins have let Tua Tungavailoa decide if he could play or not?" I'm like, "Well, no, but that's an injury that you can." Doctors are going to say, "Please do not play. Mm-hmm. You could make this fundamentally worse." That wasn't the case here, at least according to what Mikheyev multi-tweeted out on Friday night or Saturday morning or whatever it was. I get all the arguments. I got time for them. I can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. This is an asset. There's just the, you know, I mean, the thing, remember with Buffalo, with Eichel, is there was a real divide between what he wanted to do medically and what the club wanted to do medically. Right? Well, the thing with medical issues like this is that not all doctors will agree on the best course of action. Exactly. It's it's not it's not exact science. Right. And there it's almost are, like you can cherry pick some of them off the internet. Well, and yeah, tweet like it out. an idiot. Yeah, uh, uh, which is why multiple uh, opinions are sought out. U- ultimately, the risks have to be weighed versus the rewards. Now, some people will say, "Okay, what was the reward of Mikheyev playing?" Nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Well, in hindsight, I'm not surprised he didn't want to start his Canucks career with season-ending injury. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I was like, guys, thanks for the contract. I'll see you next year. Welcome to the team. Please and clear out your locker. For the Canucks, we all know how important getting off to a good start was. Right? We talked about it, and then they immediately face-planted, which is where you might find some people questioning the decision to delay surgery. Right? Like The, the problem with the Canucks is – even though the doctors have apparently signed off on this, right, and the risk was minimal according to Mikheyev and, and his camp, right, mm-hmm. like, there's still the issue of <laughs> the Tanner Pearson story, which brought up the question is, are the players really happy with the medical help they're they're getting? And that's why the Canucks and Mikheyev decided to craft that statement, uh, put it out on Twitter. Like, obviously, they just wanted to get ahead of it. Mm-hmm. But there's also this notion, and this is more of a big picture notion, there's a notion that the Canucks always 
look at the short term and don't take it take a look at the long term they're they're like we want the results now mm-hmm. and we're less willing to worry about the long term which is getting you know like Mikhaev out there we like we just signed this guy we need him let's go let's go let's go but sure. listen again dial it back for me i'm going to make my decision on this how he looks at training camp if it's if it's like yeah i'm still not ready to go then i'll be like well why did you wait so long last season in yeah. this meaningless season uh before you shut it down and went they say he's going to be ready for training camp so hopefully he is ready for training camp because again like this guy's a good player and and even if you're on team tank you don't want this contract to turn into another bad contract nope. you want this guy playing well so that this contract is an asset for the canucks uh, as opposed to the negative value. Speaking of injuries and when players might return, when do you think we'll th- see Thatcher Demko back in a Canucks uniform and in the Canucks net? Now, uh, the Demko update, as Tockett kind of alluded to over the weekend, is that the timeline put on it by the previous head coach, Bruce Boudreau, suggested that Demko wouldn't be able to return until early February. And now that the Canucks are on an all-star break and they're not going to be back until February 6th, that timeline certainly looks like it's in play. Demko skated during the most recently completed road trip. His equipment is now like back in an actual physical stall at Rogers Arena. So you assume that he's going to be coming back. But at the time of the injury, which was in early December, they were saying four to six weeks. And it's been nearly double that now. Uh, I'm assuming part of this is given their precarious positioning in the standings there's no real need to rush him back there's no short-term game here with Thatcher Demko because there's nothing to be gained at all I don't think it's that though I just don't think he's ready I don't think he's ready yeah and I don't again knowing this team I think they'd put him back in there as soon as he's ready to roll I think well now you've got the benefit of being able to be patient with everybody's injury because the season's toast true I mean they're shutting McCabe down right Right. yeah so you may as well go the full nine that's true yeah Yeah. so I'm, I'm looking at the Demko situation and saying when do they get him back in? Because realistically, it makes an awful lot of sense to hold I know he's going to want to play games. I know he's going to want to get back in. I know he's been out since early December. But him coming back and going on a heater does no good to this team. What do you make of Dollywell reporting that Canucks, uh, the Canucks are getting calls on Thatcher Demko and yeah, not well, like, hey, how's he doing? That was, just, well, that was the like, other thing from Friday's show is we played yeah. the audio of Fridge. Yeah, Fridge said that too. Fridge was on Tim and Friends, and he said that, you know, he said, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but Demko. Yeah. I don't see how... I saw be- that, and I wondered, I wondered, is that why they're getting calls? Because Fridge put his name out there? Yeah. We saw this thing on TV. Maybe this whole thing is Fridge's fault. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to say about, are these rumors or just speculation, whatever. Uh, the Canucks have said they don't want to rebuild... So unless they have a solid plan B in net, and I don't think I don't think it's Spencer Martin, guys. I don't think it is. Two words: Arters Silovs. I'm not sure. Laddie's favorite goalie. Well, I'm not sure how trading Demko would fit their plan to turn this team around. It makes no in, sense in a year or two. To me, it, it really makes no sense. The only way, you know, like, and this is just me throwing. Like, I'm looking for ways that. You know, Demko could possibly be on the move. I don't think it would be a hockey related, like it, unless there's some sort of relationship problem. But that, I don't think that's a thing either, right? Like I certain, we need certainly certainly think- haven't heard anything about it. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering why his name would be out there. That's uh, all. One, I j- I just had a light bulb moment. Does Dan Milstein represent any goalies? I have to think about this because that could I mean the Canucks and Milstein are like 
that's I just put that together. They're just together like glue. I was like, right what is now. Helfer talking about? Yeah. Like, oh, right. There's yeah. your because there would be your you got Vasilevsky. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hello, here we go. It's done. No, I, I have I, you ever have you ever seen an agent work harder to make a hockey team look better? Like, I, is there a front office job waiting for Diamond Danny Milstein somewhere in the future? <laughs> well, here? Milstein, of course, represents you Kuzmenko. Bill, you know the Bill Zito direction. Go from the agent to – or Mike Gillis. He's got some past history here. So Milstein, of course, represents uh, Kuzmenko and Mikheyev. Yeah. And it was just like – And future Canucks goalie Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, do you – here? Yeah, have you heard of the phrase um, siege mentality? Yes. Do you know what it means? Please don't ask me. Oh. Do you know what it means? I don't know what it means. Guys, do you, Andy, uh, Laddie, have you guys heard of the word of the phrase siege mentality? Yes. Okay. Do you know what it means? No. Okay. It's from like so, Age of Empires or something? Uh, or? No. Uh, siege does not know what you just said. Settlers there. of Catan. <laughs> uh, a siege mentality. Just getting ready for the worst. No, it's uh, it's basically like. Um, I'm going to get the uh, sociology, uh, the Wikipedia uh, definition. In sociology, a more si- internet research. <laughs> yeah, a siege mentality is a shared feeling of victimization and defensiveness, a term derived from the actual experience of military defenses of real sieges. It is a collective state of mind mm-hmm. in which a group of people believe themselves constantly attacked oppressed or isolated in the face of the negative intentions of the rest of the world. Do the Canucks not strike you as like this, this, this organization that feels like it's getting attacked from every angle and often is maybe unwilling to look at themselves as the reasons for those attacks but but often looks outside and says it's the media's fault or it's the the crazy fan base's fault or all that speculation it's twitter's fault like and i kind of don't blame them because they are getting attacked from all angles right now i can't imagine what it would be like to work for the canucks right now but you can see it in the way things are delivered to media members uh you know like little messages that we hear that are happening behind the scenes right like they are they they're like they're very clearly frustrated at the amount of criticism that they're getting and they feel and perhaps rightly so in some cases that there's a lot of piling on going on and anything they do like literally anything they do mm-hmm. is going to be taken as that's the wrong move yeah i and and that's what's happening right now that i think that was the reflexive nature of the of tweet storm was exactly because of that like, yeah 100 percent. yeah it's like getting out on the front foot in mm-hmm. advance of the criticism that you know is coming you don't even have to have the criticism lobbed at you and then people were criticizing that they're like there's no way he wrote those and by the way there is no way he wrote those those were like perfectly crafted by a pr team yeah, you just cut and paste it and you put it you probably have it doesn't matter doing that it doesn't matter i mean i would love to have honestly it do doesn't my matter twitter for me by me the too way. that'd be awesome right well it'd be better than your twitter that's is you right know you've now. made it when someone else runs your, your twitter, twitter yeah, yeah. Like, just talk to my guy i got a twitter guy but yeah that's i bet i bet he do less um like third division soccer no whoever wrote that no not third division okay <laughs> well actually Rex, rexham's in the fifth division <laughs> <laughs> I say I was on the cutting edge of Rexham over the weekend. We're, we're right up against break. I, w- I do want to mention that really quickly because we'll talk about it I don't want you going show. into a siege mentality about your Twitter. No, no, everything's no. always Everyone's criticizing my Twitter. No one criticizes my Twitter because I don't do anything on That's it. That's true, it's actually. So they don't even know you yeah, have it. Exactly. It's hard to get criticized when you don't do anything. 
Uh, we'll talk about this, the, the Wrexham thing later because it was on Sportsnet on the weekend. Eh? Like all, they had all the prominent FA Cup matches. So the, for those that missed it, Ryan Reynolds was over there. Uh, and I don't know if you saw from the Philly tailgate ahead of the Eagles game, but uh, Rob McElhaney was there. Yeah, they were all watching They were it. all watching the Wrexham game. It's yeah. a, it's amazing, really, when you Wrexham think... Wrexham is Philly's team now. It is, though. They were they were loving mm-hmm. it. Like, when they went up 3-2, uh, all the Eagles fans were going crazy. Yeah. And McElhaney was in the tailgate with them, just like, jumping W-R-E-X-H-A-M. They loved it. Yeah, it's pretty great, man. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't have the same ring. There's too many letters, but it's fine. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. Halford and Bruff. Now for my favorite part of the show. Well, that's a talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. 8.32 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. If you want to hear any part of today's show, including the interview that we just did with Ian McIntyre, iMac, by the way, brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment, your Kubota all-star team. Visit them at avenuemachinery.ca or douglaslakeequipment.com. If you want to hear that interview or the one we did with Dan Rosen or the one we did with Nick Shook or the first hour of the program, download the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, Avenue Machinery. I don't think they sell podcasts. Uh, It's all available. Hour three will be up in about a half hour's time. Okay, business is attended to. Uh, we should do our What We Learns. Now, Laddie said he had a real good one. Jason wants to do one. A-Dog just kind of blinked a couple I think it's times, just gonna be so Jason. I don't even know if he knows what we're talking about. Um, I'm going to start with my What We Learned, yeah. and it's going to be I learned that at the Dubai Desert Classic, Rory McIlroy went birdie-birdie to win in the 17th and 18th holes uh, to win the title, narrowly defeating Patrick Reed, who, of course, was a story for pretty much the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, this all started out with um, T-Gate, yep. they're calling this, uh, because Patrick Reed allegedly threw a T at Roy McElroy on the driving range when Roy McElroy refused to talk to him. Uh, we a, spoke a about golf tee, not a, a cup golf of tea. tea. Yes. Um, we spoke about this, or we discussed this on the show um, last week. And then... Over the weekend, Patrick Reed was involved in another very Patrick Reedy type incident where people were accusing him of cheating. Again? He hit a drive that ended up in a palm tree because it's the Dubai Desert Classic. Okay. And he used some binoculars. Binos. And he said that he was able to identify his ball in the tree. So. Because he was able to identify the exact ball in the tree, he was able to take relief. If he hadn't been able to do that, he would have had to go back to the tee. Okay. 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 Right. Following. He was able to play. Like he was basically. Did he say, get it out of the tree? 
you're allowed to hit it out of the tree. That nice. is one of your options. Um, you can do that. He wasn't going to climb. It was quite a tall tree. Mm. Um, and then the people that watched the broadcast, including Brandel Chambly of the Golf Channel, took a closer look at the video. And it sure looks like the ball that Patrick Reed hit actually ended up in a different tree than Patrick Reed was looking up at. So he said Got he it. was a hundred percent sure that he was able to identify the ball. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the rules official there was like, okay, well, unplayable lie. You get to play it here. Are they on the honor system? Yeah, golf is a big part of an honor yeah. system. They and don't, they don't Patrick have like Reed. a they don't have like a a judge that makes a decision. You have to like there's referees there, but it's more about helping those guys assess the rules as they see fit. And Patrick Reed said, I know how I mark my ball. It had like a little arrow on it. I know it was a pro V1, which everyone plays on the tour pretty much. And he looked up at the tree using the binoculars and be like, there it is. But then again, go watch the video of it. There were three palm trees. He's looking at one, but it sure looks like the ball goes in another. So, now, I feel like we should give Patrick Reed the benefit of the doubt because he seems like a pretty good dude that doesn't yeah. have a history of cheating. Well, all I know is that I'm glad Rory won the title. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad he went birdie-birdie to win this thing because imagine what the conversation would be if Patrick Reed had won this thing. Right. Like, let's say Rory had gone par-par and Reed had won the title, and then people would be like, uh, yeah, but what about that really, like <laughs> – key part of your round where you really should have gone back to the tee. What I need to happen is I need someone to climb all those trees, find the ball that's in the palm trees, and then truly identify the ball. Give us a mukau on this. We're not going to talk anymore. It was a very thorough, detailed breakdown because I didn't really understand what exactly had happened. Like I read it and I'm like, I still don't get it. Can you imagine so if hockey was refereed like that? Hey, Tom Wilson. Did you give that guy a headshot? No. 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 <laughs> it was not my, it was not my intent. Isn't, isn't ultimate ref like that? Isn't it mm-hmm. on the honor system? Yes. Might be. Ultimate? You're right. There's no referees. Frisbee as the as the ultimate people. They don't like it. They don't like it when you hey, call dear. it. And then pickleball where you just make up rules apparently. Why doesn't ultimate like to be called Frisbee? Because uh, there's a disc. It's a disc. Frisbee is a it's brand a name. Frisbee yeah. is a brand. Come on. Yeah. It's like, do you call... Uh, tissues Kleenex or tissues? Kleenex. Kleenex is the brand. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I still call them Kleenex. Yeah, but it's not. They're Am tissues. I insulting big tissue by doing that? Yeah. No, you're in, you're oddly enough insulting ultimate players. <laughs> they don't like that either. It it's weird. Don't ask. Only thing softer. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're in unbelievable shape. I, I could never I play that. Uh, but yeah, that's on the other. Do you, are you alluding to the pickleball video that went viral over yes, the weekend? Yes, I am. That was bizarre. I don't know this? even how to explain you it. You play pickleball. Maybe you can explain it better. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. They're, split stepping? Like, what? What? Basically, one of the male competitors stepped too aggressively <laughs> during a point. They stepped too aggressively where? During like the match. Forward. Yeah. I, <laughs> put it this way. I watched the video four times, oh, okay. and I'm like, I have no idea what he got penalized Did it have for. anything to do with being in the kitchen? Because you don't want to be in the kitchen in pickleball. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. I don't know any of this. Yeah. And then all the caption said too aggressive in like, his dinking. All, <laughs> it said what? yeah, all dinking the, is a thing. Aggressive dinking. You dink in the kitchen. No, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm not going to Google kitchen. it. I'm, I'm, that's not not something I'm going to Google. But you I'll can't do it on a work it. computer. I tried. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
The people that made up pickleball were actually just like, let's make a bunch of phrases that are going to make everyone well, laugh the, at The us. best part was, was the caption over top of it was like, yep, definitely a real sport. <laughs> was this sport, do you think they invented the sport sober or were they all just completely gone when they brought, brought up pickleball? You know what I, we got to do? I, you know. Because nothing about it makes sense to me. But this, okay. You couldn't have made the sport As much as sober. I don't want to get into the pickleball discourse, I'll say this. At a certain point, it was fine. As like a sort of fun recreational activity for people that wanted to still play tennis but didn't have the physical abilities to do it. But then, like everything in this world, it quickly got too big, too fast. And then Tom Brady was like, can I take some of my crypto money and put it in pickleball? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I don't have any of my crypto <laughs> yeah, money anymore. My crypto money's gone. Good thing this pickleball thing will That last. was five minutes later. Like, honestly, there was two dueling upstart pickleball leagues within like 10 minutes of the sport being invented. This is just the way that we do things now. What has a brighter future, pickleball or crypto? Pickleball, because it's real. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. What is a text in your comments with yeah. the Dunbar Lumber text line yeah. at 650, 650. Is pickleball also a pyramid scheme? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's boy. right. Oh, boy. Uh, let's go into the Dunbar Lumber text line right now. This, this is, I'm surprised this wasn't your, what we learned, laddie. Like you had something about the Cy Young trophy being misspelled or whatever. Well, he told us and I was like, okay, okay, now you got to do it. What was your, what we learned? Well, you just said it. They misspelled on the Cy Young trophy. (laughs) What did they misspell? Well, they changed it. It used to be most outstanding pitcher. They changed the wording to most valuable pitcher. And they spelled valuable incorrectly. They forgot the A. It just says most valuable pitcher. Well, this is the last time Brad Marchand is going to be responsible (laughs) for doing the engraving on the side. It was spelled V-A-L-U-B-L-E. On the plaque, in their hands, that they delivered to. So think of the process. Think of the process. Somebody had to edit and put the word valuable in there. Somebody had to make it, yeah. and then somebody had to deliver it to the players, and mm. nobody on that line of the chain realized that valuable was spelt incorrectly. And you know what the funny thing is? None of the players noticed either. No. <laughs> they <laughs> posted the photo, so <laughs> yeah. What do, you, what do you mean it's misspelled? <laughs> Look, it's valuable. <laughs> valuable. It's what says it right there. It's valuable. It works. Okay, Muka. All right. Uh, this is the one that I thought that you were going to do, uh, what we learned. Uh, unsigned text. Another e-bug got his day mm. and finished the game with a perfect save percentage. Yeah, yeah this happened in Edmonton. And I, it was cool. Okay. Who was that guy? Just, Woodcroft I might just, be in trouble. I, I was watching the game, and granted, I had a few at that point. The first thing about oh, if you're still watching the game, it was like <laughs> yeah, seven, seven three, three Oilers, wasn't it? And I, I remember thinking, I'm like, if I'm the Blackhawks right now. Oh, yeah. Am I kind of being disrespected? Totally being disrespected. <laughs> well, they used, the they used Scott they Foster a couple years back, so they, they had an e-bug play. Yeah, but they needed but they to. Needed they to. needed to. The That's Oilers the thing did. that might get Woodcroft that... in trouble, because apparently the rule, as it's written, yeah. the goalies no. need to be hurt for no that e-bug to come in. No. So, And apparently it was McDavid's idea. But if I was Woodcroft, I'd be like, I don't care what the rules say about the e-bug. This guy's playing. Like, That's <laughs> awesome. What an experience that... And no, the, it's a great the, experience. And, Chica- and the Blackhawks couldn't complain about it, right? You can't just be like, I'm pretty upset about this guy getting to live his dream. He made one save. In he did minutes. make one save. Come That's on. cool no. that he made one save, too. Yeah. No, like it was from that side of it. I don't want to take away from it being like a cool story. I just, the first thing that came into my head was like, 
This is like a huge diss to Chicago. <laughs> he's not some. He's not some schlub. He played in the WHL. He played U Sports. It's mm-hmm. not some rando from the beer league. It kind of is a rando from the beer it, league. It's a though. rando, but yeah. he can play. it's a rando that's that actually, can play. Greg, actually, is this, is this your ultimate fantasy? Is this your oh ultimate fantasy? Like, e-book fantasy? Even, a, even a practice in the NHL would be yeah. a dream come true. You got to be in the conversation for Ebug, can't? You? No, 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 definitely not. You, I, no. I think Woodley would even rank higher than I would because he's at least at the rink most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Woodley's old. Can you that imagine? Can you yeah. imagine the post game interview that Woodley would do? You'd be like, "Hey, man, we got to get to press. Can you wrap it up here?" How's your article be- coming along, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like <laughs> 15 minutes on how he went reverse VH. I'm like, I can't. He's gonna do a pro read with himself. Just, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his article is him hey, interviewing hey. himself. Kev, just say it was a dream come true. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, what we learned on signs. Somebody unsigned- pinch me. It uh, must be a dream. Uh, what we learned when Rutherford stated the Canucks needed major surgery, he was not referring to the roster, just Ilya Mikheyev. Okay, very good. Uh, Mario, I just got it. Uh, Mario and Richmond, what we learned. He tore his ACL. He needs surgery on it. Thank you. Mario and Richmond. Anything else? It requires. Is it major? You have to go under the knife. Surgery. What we learned, don't hit a quarterback when both of his feet are already out of bounds, particularly when a potential Super Bowl berth is on the that line. Sucked. Just dumb. Yeah, but it was dumb. It was it was There was nothing he could say dumb. about it. There's nothing he could say about yeah. it. He said afterwards, he was like Joseph Osai. He was very yeah. upset. He was like, That's a learning experience for me. <laughs> Why'd you have to shove him? A big Why'd learning you have to experience. Shove him? Um that went from a sixty yard field goal attempt to a forty five. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean I, I'm going to say, I'm going to be bold take Halford here. He was not going to hit that field goal unless he got 15 yards close. And everyone said, as soon as it happened, I don't know if you guys were watching it live, over. but everyone in the room was like, that. he's going to get dinged for that, and sure enough. Yeah. Brad and Cloverdale, what we learned, I learned that San Fran had four quarterbacks and it still wasn't enough. What a remarkable season for the 49ers. Uh, I do not care for the 49ers because I'm a Seahawks fan, but – I can't deny that I was captivated right from the very start with their entire quarterback story because, first mm-hmm. of all, it was the big debate over should they be handing the keys to Trey Lance, and then, like, two games into the season, it was, well, thank God they kept Jimmy G around. Yep. And then it was, can Jimmy G, like, prove the doubters or prove even the 49ers wrong and and get the 49ers to another Super Bowl and this time win it? And then – he went down, and then it was, who is Brock Purdy? Right? I mean, and then Brock Purdy gets hurt in the title game. Josh Johnson <laughs> came in, and like, God bless the guy. That's a terrible situation to be play, to put in, but he looked completely overwhelmed. Like, not just sort of overwhelmed, yeah. completely overwhelmed. He's, you know he's been in the NFL for 15 years? Yeah, I didn't know he was still in the NFL. He just kind of like, hung around yeah, for forever. Crazy. I mean, and I'm not really sure why, because it doesn't look like he does a good job of it, but I digress. Well, that's probably what a fourth-string quarterback looks like. You know who they played in front of him? It was the last draft pick that's in true. the draft. That's true. That's very true. Uh, uh, goal oh. game, Gary, what we learned. I had a better chance of winning my 12-game parlay than the 49ers did against the Eagles. Yeah, especially after Purdy got hurt. Uh, right? It was over. It was, it, was, it was over when you... You know, and then it was really over when Josh Johnson got hurt. It was that was done. I, I hate felt, to laugh, but I mean, no, it was cr- it's crazy. It, it, I, right? I said it earlier. At times, it felt like an exhibition because it was so, so bizarre and so absurd 
that they had Christian McCaffrey taking direct snaps. They were doing like the double pitch lateral just to try and get something going. Uh, speaking of parlays, I don't like to like. I'm, I'm not trying to brag or like tat like. Oh, you're trying head. to brag. That's fine. No, no, no. He's going to brag here, folks. I, I did. I'm not a, trying to brag. Here comes the brag. Yeah, that's what someone that was going to brag would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I so two weeks ago I did a parlay. The four-team parlay yeah, in you, the divisional round. You nailed it. Yeah, and then on Cause Friday. Because you, your key one also was that you picked. Cincinnati over Buffalo. Yeah. And then uh, on Friday, when you decide not to show up to work, uh, <laughs> I did another one. And I jokingly said, like, uh, the best gambling advice is when you hit on something, go right back Just to it. Keep going. I did it. I hit the parlay again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went Eagles-Chiefs, which wasn't all that bold. Wow, courageous. Chalky, right? Hey, take both home teams. Mm-hmm. But uh, So that's six in a row now. On the money line. Wow. Am I a gambling god? No, because the only one that you've actually hit that was like an upset was the Cincy one. Yeah, but I got all six on the yeah, money no, I know. line. On the money I know. line. I'm not even picking against no. the spread. I mean, that's good. Yeah, it's all right. I just I wanted mean, to bring good. it up. It's perfect. Six for six. It's yeah. good. But I think like it would be more impressive if you'd picked like – Five ups. I can only pick the winners, though. No, I know. That's what I do. That's what. That's what. Like you can I'm only. You can only win the games on your schedule. <laughs> I'm a winner. I identify other winners. I got one here. Basketball, Phil. I saw this on the weekend. They did a soft launch. Hashtag WWO. What we learned: courtside bar is open. A basketball bar in Vancouver. Hell yes, that's basketball, Phil. With the hell yes, but I agree. Does he have yes. a reserved seat there? I don't know. I saw. Uh, Pictures from the inside. They did a soft launch on Saturday. They're at uh, they're in Mount Pleasant, like Maine and Broadway area. Uh, what a cool looking bar, man! Like I, this is really all out. Tons of jerseys. Looks like tons of different games and stuff. And they are like a hundred percent fully dedicated to being a basketball bar. I think we have to go there for March Madness. This sure, time. yeah, yeah, I agree. You yeah, guys want to go? Fun. Yes, let's do yeah. it. Can you do make you know, a rezzo? Do you know what March Madness is? I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Andy gets it. Do you know what I was uh, was realizing um, when I saw LeBron arguing over that call? Yep. I have not paid attention at all to the NBA this We've been season. light on NBA. We haven't had a single NBA guest since the season started. Um, but, well, like, how's it been? How's, how's the NBA it's good, been? yeah. They got, good? The balls are, like, bouncing still. And, yeah, we haven't had some, Fitzy on a couple some, times? That's what we've had. Marcus yeah, we have. Fitzgerald. We had Fitzy on when, when Nash, Nash got, fired. got fired. Yeah. And I think maybe for one other thing. I can't remember what. Has, uh, it, been a, has it been a compelling season, though? Yeah. Not really? Not really. No. It's been hard to focus on anything else because, like I said, mm. the Canucks have given us stuff right. week after week after week after week. Yeah. Right? That day we came in and we're And the like, Raptors are kind of a non-entity. Like, they're going to be selling at the trade deadline? Raptors or? have been very poor. Mm-hmm. Um, the LeBron-Lakers saga has been kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, other than, I mean, uh, Luka's playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Doncic has been great. Celtics are good. Celtics are good. Yeah. I mean, we usually don't really pick up the basketball talk until March anyway. We kind of right. get into March Madness and then mm-hmm. closer to the NBA playoffs. Are the Nets still doing well? Durant hurt? Durant's hurt. He's out. This is a good update for all the NBA fans. Is, is, is that uh, Durant hurt? Someone reminded us we had a guy on for the Kyrie stuff. We did have a guy mm-hmm. on for the Kyrie stuff. I think we actually, I think it was Joe Varden, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But yeah, we haven't done a ton. Uh, but now that this basketball bar is in town, we're going to do a lot more. Ryan in Yaletown, what we learned, if the Canucks could play hockey the way they produce a pregame video and light show, they would be 82-0. and 0. Great night. Thanks for the tickets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, p- for people that say we're always negative about the Canucks, we've been actually quite positive about their game presentation. Oh, it's awesome. Show. That's taken the, that's taken so the, uh, the most steps organizationally. Yeah. Like their game presentation has gone from, I would say, quite mediocre to maybe even 
to maybe below average to amazing. Like, yeah, it, it was I, a, I success, think it, a successful rebuild for I, the game presentation. For the game presentation yeah, off. They were yeah. patient. They, they do a really good job. Term. Yeah. And it's one of the things that I think they felt that they needed to up their game because when your team isn't all that good on the ice, like you have to give people reason to come to the games and still be like, you know what? I had a good time. The Canucks didn't play that well. Yeah. They lost, and the Canucks have lost plenty of times at Rogers Arena. But most of the time, people are still having a good time. And part of that is the presentation. Like It's, hey. it's entertaining. It keeps you interested. It keeps you entertained. Hey, we've talked about it a lot. There's still a lot of people showing up to games. 98.7% mm-hmm. capacity, over 18,000 a night. A lot of people that are still having fun at those games. Drinking their $25 beers, $11, right. $11 nachos. That's all part of it, right? I think a lot of people at this point have realized that the ones banging their fists on the glass and their heads against the wall that want to see a particular direction don't necessarily translate to the ones that are going, just have a good time on a Saturday night. Uh, here's one, Laddie. I'm going to need you to verify because you're decked out in more Blue Jays gear. Hashtag learned unsigned from Gary. The Blue Jays are getting their own joke stadium to join the rest of the AL East. The new outfield dimensions will bring right center field in by 20 feet. Dalton Varsho is going to have a fun year. I'll put it that way. So did they sign Varsho, or sorry, trade for Varsho? And they're like, now we need to tailor <laughs> the fence for his hitting exploits. I believe the plans were already in place. But oh. it doesn't hurt to bring in somebody that can crush to right field like that. Yeah. And you look at his spray chart, and it's locked to right field. So, yeah, it's going to be different for the pitchers. So, I don't know if Kevin Gossman's going to like it so much. This but. is in order to facilitate the new bar that they're putting in there? Well, they've done a lot of work to the outfield. They've <laughs> they've raised the bullpens. We've got to bring see. the wall in. We're putting the bar. <laughs> yeah. And, well, they've added, like, three different decks that it are does essentially bars. It, yeah. do, it does look like it's going to be a lot of it's fun. It's going to be a blast. I, I would have no interest in sitting anywhere else except any of those well, party the, areas. Look at, look at the Seattle Mariners. Right? The, yeah. the biggest the part of the stadium is the outfield center field where there's mm. the party Oh, what am I going to sit in a seat and watch baseball? Exactly. (laughs) How long is this? (laughs) I realize how boring this game is. Uh, From Rager, what we learned is a year ago, it would have been unimaginable that Demko would be traded on his current contract, but with more and more reports, mostly from Friedman, of a Demko trade talks picking up, it's hard not to be excited about a return for him. Yeah, I still um, – I'm trying to wrap my head around these talks. I don't know if that was just Freed throwing out names. Like maybe they're going to look at trading – Like, because I think I think the, the general consensus is there's going to be a lot of player movement this offseason. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. We said that last offseason and then it didn't happen. Um, Pedersen seems untouchable. But there was that report, and it might have been from Freed, that Pedersen is – the only untouchable. And we actually talked about, oh, what's going on with Quinn Hughes? Have they kind of soured on him? Or maybe they don't feel like he's one of the building blocks. That talk has gone away, and the Thatcher-Demko talk has taken over. And then when Rick Dollywall said the Canucks are getting calls on Thatcher-Demko, I don't know why they'd be getting those calls. Are they getting calls because they've put his name out there, or are they getting calls just because people are calling about any Canuck right now because they see there might be a bit of a sale going on this offseason. What's Demko, hypothetically speaking, what's Demko getting you in return in a trade? I think quite a lot. Pretty good package yeah, with that I contract. So, yeah. I, know, oh, I, know, yeah. okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to downplay it or anything. I know goalies. Um, Georgiev got three picks. Yeah. 
they don't have the same market as you know a center or a defenseman, but a proven guy with a good deal, a guy like Thatcher Demko would would definitely be valuable on the trade market. Yeah. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.